You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats, my face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop, everyone. Get on inside. Ice cold AC. Lemonade if you make it yourself for yourself. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm confused. People still make lemonade? Like real lemonade? Well, uh, how else are you going to get lemonade? I've tried it before. It always fucks my stomach up. I don't know. Something about the sugar and lemons. Like I can, Maybe I just don't get the ratio right. It always really screws up my stomach. You don't have to make lemonade, Kyle. It's just summertime. Well, what if I do if someone gives me lemons? <laughs> Throw them at people? <laughs> All right. This is going nowhere. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on into the shop today, folks. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. As always, we do love to welcome any of the new listeners just joining us. We are here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains, cutting losses. Uh, and, you know, if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. I'll have all those links in the episode description. But best place to do, best thing to do is just jump, jump on our free. Kyle, I know how to talk. I can form all the words with my mouth. It's just not in the right order. And make the sounds. I can do this. I can do this. But the best place to be is our Discord server. We get on there every day, and it's just a really awesome place to be. It's totally free. There aren't any paid tiers or special access areas, because fuck that shite. When you do join the server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address, your shipping home mailing address, so we can send you some smash-it-yourself swag straight from the shop. Uh, and, and then completely throw away your address because we're, we're not looking to sell that either. We don't give a shit. Uh, we're just really glad you're here. It's a lot of fun. Always better with friends. Yes. Well yes. done. 
<laughs> you did it. I said the thing. Good Dan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're done. We're done. I can go. Yeah. Show news. Go. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got any show news to report, Kyle? Um. Yes. Well, I don't know why you always ask that. Yes. The answer is always yes. <laughs> we always have guests coming up. This week we will be talking to the uh, the people over at Designated Quizzers podcast to be doing another recording. Uh, be doing another beginning episode with them. But filling in for the two cancellations we had to round out our schedule is Joseph Hogue. He's the host of Let's Talk Money on YouTube. Also worked corporate finance and real estate for starting a career investment analysis. Uh, he appeared on Bloomberg and. CNBC. Also, uh, Paul Halm. Halm? I, I have no idea how to pronounce this name. H-A-L-M-E. Halm. Halme? Yeah. Halm? Halme. Paul Halm. He's an ex-stockbroker for major Wall Street firm, two-time best-selling author. That should round out our month. We got to get our schedule. We got to get on the schedule of the Order Flow Labs uh, part two. Oh, yeah. Of our continuing series, too. So if people have questions they want to submit for the upcoming episode, do that in the Discord. I know, and I know there's a lot of you out there because Flurry's been up on our Discord, a lot of buzzing around great, great futures activities. He jumped in, was trading with me on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, sit and try to observe as, or absorb as much information as I can from him. Yeah, he's, he's a pro for sure. Yes. Okay, folks, we have got an admirable, adorable, adroitable show for you today. Plenty of market moving news, stocks on the radar, and more options than balls on a honey badger. <laughs> honey badgers, don't, honey give badgers don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Give a fuck. And and please reach out to us. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook. We absolutely adroitably adore you on Discord. Got that link in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to two bulls at financialneptitude.com. That's number two bulls. Or you can give us a phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you're stuck on an alien planet acting out the entire script from the film Dances with Wolves. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. <laughs> Does anybody know that reference anymore? <laughs> I'm sure there's like three or four people that were like, the, oh yeah, Avatar. I <laughs> never saw Avatar, but... I don't think anybody who's seen Avatar has, has probably, probably seen, seen Dances, Dances with Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, not a, not a lot of crossover <laughs> in those two films. <laughs> and speaking of messages, we have gotten a few this week. Oh. Most of them are giving you uh, props for quitting smoking, trying to help encourage you. Got one from Jeremy on Facebook. Uh, Spack Tigler uh, sent us a message, a private message to me. Uh, and I think Jared Bibler sent you an email even. Oh, he did. He did. He did. Which for one, hi, Jared. Uh, I love that you listened to the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you. And Jeremy and Spack Tigler. And two, <laughs> thank you to everyone uh, for those positive communications. That's, that's the word. Yes. Uh, I, I do. I do gratefully appreciate all the support and it is going very well. I think about it less and less. I'm almost, uh, I got one more week to that three week point where the just physically no nicotine mm -hmm. effects at all. Nice. So I'll be uh, eager for that. But, uh, you know, I, I really haven't been having much problem. Uh, it's easier to set me off. I think is, is all that's going on, but it's not a big deal. Not, not the major, not in a major way. Anyway, uh, Jeremy also uh, Jeremy also said he loved the strip club consequences and is really looking forward to hearing audio from the strippers' point of view. Yeah, I gotta I gotta do that this weekend. 
Yes, you do. That is on my to-do list this weekend. I am really looking forward to that. Just don't get in trouble. That's all I say. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I may I may have to just write down their answers. Uh, yeah, however it has to be. I don't know. Will they let you bring a notebook into a strip club? I. Hey, you're one of those I artists? You can't draw these girls. <laughs> as long as it's college ruled, I think you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's high school ruled bullshit. You're too young. Get out. The spaces are too big. That will not interfere with the boobies. Can't take notes with that thing. Okay. <laughs> all right. It's time to talk about the, the bed results. Yes. <laughs> Kyle, I lost some money. <laughs> I lost a very minimal amount of money. I think I should be in the lead this week. Yeah, you are. So my plan of the breaks 1550, like if I, I should have just bought at the open and sold at 1550 right yeah right <laughs> tuesday it broke 1550 wednesday it got as high as 16 uh uh what was uh 16 16 mm-hmm. and then uh so it, it and then it pulled back down to about 1550 mm-hmm. uh that's actually it closed at 1549 okay so so break and a retest the next day it got up to 1615 bad news uh printed mm-hmm. another doji candle and failed the retest ended the week at 1439 so i got in at 1550 and uh took it down to 1439 which brought my bet total from 479.36 down to 445.03 Ooh, ouch oh so once again i'm the biggest loser um, I went with IPOF, a spec, hoping that they were going to be announcing some acquisition news here soon after seeing some massive volume uh, into the close on Friday. It opened the week at 10.05 and closed at $10 even. No news. <laughs> Not surprising. But I could have picked a lot worse things to park money in for a week than a SPAC that is going to revert to $10 <laughs> if they don't announce anything. So Yeah. <laughs> So I lost uh, about $2.50. I'm sitting at 497.51. And then Random had BSY, which was Bentley Systems, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Software company. Yes. Uh, they opened the week at 3540, closed at 3306. Uh, that's it's random in second place with 462.42. I, I, next month, I'm just doing cash the whole month. I know, right? Yeah. In fact, I might have to go look up another SPAC for this week. <laughs> <laughs> can't lose if you don't play i'll, I'll buy i'll buy bonds <laughs> there you go can you can you go long inflation <laughs> anyway, speaking of which let's let's talk about some news okay Dow drops deep on moving inflation covid frustration war damnation we're just bringing you the fucking news you gotta recognize the game if you don't want to lose we're just trading Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Bring it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. All right, Dan. Obviously, we have to start off with an inflation report, right? Yeah, kind of a big deal this week, a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, yes, it was not good. CPI data showed mounting evidence that the war in Ukraine was continuing to push prices of food, gasoline, electric power, and other staples higher. Inflation in services like housing remained high. Inflation in consumer goods, which uh, administration officials hoped was slowing as the supply chain snarls worked out in sectors like the uh, uh, automobile manufacturing. They surged anew after a spring slowdown. Uh, staples for things like eggs, meat, and bread also soared. The index measuring the price of food at home, the largest annual increase since 1979. Uh, the analysis at TD Securities wrote in a report shortly after the release, the 1970s called and wants its inflation back. <laughs> this report should be <laughs> of great concern for the Fed. Thank yeah. Uh, Kramer was even on uh, <laughs> doing his, you know, crazy spouting off shit <laughs> the united states it's a don't buy don't buy us i think he was called for a hundred bip uh <laughs> interest rate hike at this next okay. meeting <laughs> uh i'm trying to see if i got the numbers in this actual report here i think the expectation was a 0.7 percent increase it ended up being around one percent so it was not good it was really not good remember all that talk about inflation having peaked already yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. no it, it has not yet. Biden is still, let's see what else they say on here. But Biden and his team have been trying to make a delicate pivot on the inflation issue, calling it his top economic priority and increasingly expressing sympathy for the households struggling to cope with these rising prices. <laughs> they have sought to reassure markets by leaning into a message of trust in the Fed to manage inflation with the interest rate increases. Yes. Trust the Fed. The same Fed that didn't believe inflation was real for, what, two years before? It's transitory. <laughs> yeah, it's not going away anytime soon. There's no easy way out. And, and, I, and I really feel like this is, this is the result of what, what we talked about last year. Like you can't, you can't just pump money into the system forever without some sort of blowback. Growing pains or I guess shrinking pains in this case. Yeah, uh, that easy monetary policy was just we rode high on it for so long i think this is making the next fed meeting starting to look very interesting i heard it's going to be a cage match <laughs> right now they're still only pricing in 50 bips for the uh the, the meeting that's supposed to be next week yeah uh, but the Fed members are in the blackout period right now, so they can't even speak to the media to even hint at what they're considering right now. Mm. But I think 75 bips is starting to look more likely in the uh, July meeting. What, what, I mean, what other tools they really have at their disposal, right? I mean, they can stop shrinking the balance sheet. I mean, it's not going to help with inflation, but it might help keep the stock market from <laughs> getting destroyed. <laughs> well, I think maybe the stock market needs to get a little destroyed. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Sucks for all the people holding uh, retirement accounts, though. Yeah. I think well, a lot of people are realizing when they hate, when they, you know, talk about the rich and the stock market only helping them, everybody who owns a 401k is now starting to see the fallacy in that belief. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot of pension plans. Well, no, I mm -hmm. just mean with that easy policy for, what, 2008, 2009, for well over a decade. Yeah. Like it put the market in a place where it just didn't reflect what a natural valuation would have been. Well, hopefully they clear out the balance sheet and then they just start doing it again for another 10 years. So that way we can just buy everything. <laughs> really <laughs> embrace the boom bust of the whole cycle. I know, right? If it's planned, it'd be easy for everyone to make money. Uh, right. <laughs> if, we, if we know. Yeah. All right, everybody, boom on. Right. Boom off. <laughs> Oh, God, that'd be hilarious. Oh.
I don't think it quite works that way. No, 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 no. I came across a, a an article that was a, titled Yellen's Humility on Inflation is Refreshing, says former FDIC chair Sheila Blair. That's how we're supposed to have trust in it, is by them admitting that they are blindsided by this MAC-10 that's been flashing its headlights at them for the past two years. Well, I mean, I do appreciate the point of, like, basically everybody's you know, throwing rocks at Yellen being like, yeah, shut up <laughs> on inflation. <laughs> but, but it's like, okay, we're, we're, we can criticize him for, for being full of shit on it. But like the moment she starts telling the truth, we're going to criticize her for that too. And I, I do appreciate that point. Like, like, no, 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 fair enough. Like we should not <laughs> be coming after her when she's finally like, okay, we were, we were wrong on inflation. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to trust that Fed. Got to trust them. I got to say this this inflation print kind of surprised me because I actually found a story that I posted in the Discord a couple days ago about um import demands dropping off, like not just like a little bit, but like falling off. Really? Making me think that uh like if the supply chain is what's been driving inflation all this time, according to most econo- econom- economists. Yeah, most economic measures. Yeah, uh, then the drop-off of the bookings on ocean containers should lead to easing of that, right? Well, it, it, may, it may lead to the easing of the growth, but if the, I mean, what's the difference between you order it and it doesn't show up or you don't order it? Well, the problem is, and this is kind of, this is in the middle of this article, was, was talking about the buying patterns normalizing to pre-COVID levels. And because the retailers had... Uh, uh, been trying to keep everything on the shelves in case there was another lockdown. Now they're stuck with way too much inventory. In fact, that's what caused Target to drop on Tuesday. Yeah, Target. Because the company was saying they were marking down unwanted items, canceling purchase orders, and trying to get rid of all that excess inventory. Yeah, a lot a lot of clearance items I've been seeing at Walmart and Target this last week. Yeah, and the capacity, uh, at least on Trans-Pacific, is the one this article references, has remained stable. The spot rates from China to the West Coast have dropped 38% month over month. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good sign. Yeah. Container imports bound for the U.S. have dropped over 36% since May 24th. And that's an index measuring the departing volumes at the point of origin. Okay. Supply and demand doing its thing. Yeah. So it looked like actually we're finally getting back to pre-COVID levels as far as the, the import volumes. What does that, with pre-COVID levels, like didn't they drop from COVID? No, um, I'm sorry. Let me see if I can read this and find this again. Reversion. Okay. The put the U.S. containerized imports from all countries of origin down 36% year over year, which is a reversion back to the volume levels of the summer of 2020. Oh, so no, it's put us back to COVID levels. Yes. Not, yeah. And part of the reason for this whole thing was the, I mean, obviously the lockdown initially, but then the resulting lockdowns in China uh, made everyone afraid that there's going to be more lockdowns. Yeah. Uh, you know, in other places. So these companies were trying to keep enough inventory on hand to, in case there were more disruptions that happened. So they overextended, ordered too much shit. Now they're stuck with a bunch of excess inventory and probably have to overcorrect that. But that should be good for the supply chain. That should ease everything, right? That should ease all the burdens that have been placed on it at the ports and the shipping. and Certainly some of it. Right. At least you would think. Yeah, well, it would have to. It would have to ease some of the problem. Uh, you know, we're ordering less, then the demand is lowered. 
the supply will go will react accordingly. As inflation, the only thing that may be making it worse is just gas prices continuing to go up. I think that's the one. That's the one factor that is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that all, all the oil and grain we lost from the Ukraine right. invasion, the Russian invasion <laughs> of Ukraine. Yes. That. Yeah, <laughs> that little thing. Anyway, that little thing may keep things uh, expensive for a while. All right. Uh, you had one more story you wanted to bring up? Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Gary Gensler, if you recall, the head of the SEC looking into payment for order flow, mm-hmm. has threatened a crackdown. I saw that. Was there any actual legislation or was he just saying what was he just summarizing his report that he'd been working on forever he's he's actually proposing uh sec rule rule changes oh wow that would require firms to compete directly to execute trades from retail investors Hmm. and he's also going to require more disclosures around fees and data i am kind of torn on this whole thing because i see the benefit of payment for order flow in that you know, I got a lot of people invested in learning about the markets and, you know, it's not, it's nice not having to pay commissions too, but on the other hand, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that the only way to do it? I mean, how else would you not charge commissions? Well, what if, what if you could charge commissions, but it was like the pennies that they were going to pay for your order flow? Yeah. It'd be nice if it wasn't just a whatever fee for whatever order, like any order used to be like $7 on TD Ameritrade, Yeah, whether you bought one stock or 7 million. One share or 7 million shares, same fee. Yeah. Yeah. That's one. There there Mm -hmm. is a much better way it could be. I guess. Yeah. You make a good point. Like that's not the only way I agree. Like we should be seeking ways to get people involved and it has been really easy. Uh, I guess um, uh, Apex Clearing uh, told uh, uh, they they're a clearing firm. They're a clearing firm that handles trades for like Webull and SoFi. Yeah. Uh, they've been building a marketplace for matching customer orders through like an auction process, as they des- as Apex describes it, hmm. which would let stock exchanges compete directly with market makers like Citadel and Virtue. Interesting. So I would I would like to I would like to learn more about that specific thing, but uh, the, there aren't a lot of greater details in this article about it, other than they're, they're trying to create competition on the payment. It, it feels like like they're trying to create the competition on the payment for order flow, right? That yeah, competition is usually good in capitalist markets. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of the whole idea behind it. Well. <laughs> That's its own podcast. No, I know, right? I've got some arguments as to when competition might not be the best. But anyway, <laughs> I can do it cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I'll build that bridge for you. <laughs> Half the money. Half the bridge. <laughs> That's never happened. <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, it, it's interesting to, to, to read about. Uh, certainly, I've still got some fire in my belly from the whole GameStop shut down the sell side fiasco to save citadel's ass allegedly 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 in quotation marks yeah (laughs) all right i've got some alleged fire in my belly right (laughs) i can hear the finger quotes around (laughs) (laughs) all right you got any other news stories you want to cover i'm not under general news just under i got some stocks and i got a good crypto one all right. Should we do some reads? You know who doesn't <laughs> charge payment for order flow? 
Are, are you sure? I think they get referral bonuses. That might be something similar. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know who else has mastered payment for order flow? No, wait a minute. No, that would be them paying a broker to give them their loans. No, they definitely do not do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even the lovely reverse mortgage. Sue will help. She's licensed in 28 states, is it, Kyle? It is 28. She just added She's, Oklahoma to that yeah. list. Uh, you know, and she told us it wasn't growing because we used to say and growing. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, boom, here we are in 28. Uh, I think, I think she's going to get bored one day and it's just going to be 50. Like, I think that she just wants the challenge of just having all of them. Like poke, she's Pokemoning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta, Gotta collect all. them all. <laughs> <laughs> so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her is to just give her a call at 520-977-7904. Or you can send her an email, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. That's S. Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. And Two Bowls in a China Shop is also proud to be affiliated with the Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Oh, I need to shorten that sentence. Translation, <laughs> you can learn to trade like those big institutions. They have a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders, and there's just no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a great success, or at least put you on the path to success. What you do with that information is up to you. It's still up to you, right? <laughs> uh, you can find them online at the tradeproacademy.com or you can just use that affiliate link in the episode description as that's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Mm-hmm. And there's still that 10% discount code in the Discord. We have not been shut down yet. All right. Taunting George has not got us in trouble yet. Yeah. Or, well, we know he still hasn't listened to any episodes since he's, he was last on it. I think uh, next time we get him on the show, I want him to read the Tari Pro library just to see what happens if he reads it. I'm going to have him read the Trade Pro one. See what that's, happens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you should, you should book him on just to have him on. We haven't talked to George in a while. I'm trying. Yeah. I want to get him on just to come in when we have like the fed meetings or things like that, just to kind of discuss what the, so we actually have a more informed opinion. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Agreed. In fact, I should message him now. Yeah, why don't you message him now while I tell everybody at home about the amazing, awesome Flary and Leo from Orderflow Labs. Uh, these guys have got a custom toolkit of studies uh, for trading futures on Sierra Charts, Ninja Trader, and uh, Motive Wave. They shared them with us, and they are brilliant, brilliant studies uh, set up for structure and execution. They got uh, buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, dominator signals, p- big pivots reconstructed tape. They got something for everyone. Constantly adding and testing out new strategies with their studies, uh, offering tons of support, help you use their tools. They get on, they get on our disc. Flair's been getting on our discord. That's been just mm-hmm. truly a blessing. Uh, if you're trading futures, give those, check those guys out at orderflowlabs.com. And I think they actually just, uh, yeah, they got two new studies that just got related, released uh, the weekly MGI, they call it and range extensions. So I need to, Check those out and see how they work. Yeah, they're always adding new stuff. It's amazing. All right. Well, Kyle, should we 
move on and talk about some stocks? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that was saying it's still not advice. Stop time. Take that, lawyers. All right, I've got I've got two stories I want to talk about. Okay, I guess I can kick it off, huh? Yeah, kick it off. Let's, let's hear it. All right, Activision Blizzard has recognized a new Call of Duty workers union. What does that make you think when you hear that headline? I'm I'm assuming that's like all of the programmers and marketers and development team for Call of Duty has their own union, which is kind of weird. Yes, it's actually weirder than that, though. Because it's not every worker who works on Call of Duty. <laughs> it what is the, the quality oh. insurance employees at Raven Software in Middleton, Washington, or Middleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> With the quality assurance team? Yes, just the employees at the Middleton, Wisconsin location. They voted 19 to 3 in favor of joining the Communications Workers of America. What the hell is going What? <laughs> Yes. So now there is a 20-person union for a very small part of Activision Blizzard. And Activision Blizzard just recognized them on Friday and began the negotiations on behalf of the small group of QA testers. Okay, okay. My head is exploding a little bit right here. Uh, first of all, there's an office of 20 people whose job it is to play is to play Call of Duty to make sure that it's a good game. I don't know if it's just the quality assurance people at this location, but it's just the quality insurance employees at this location. And furthermore, their job is so bad they had to unionize. What the hell is happening? Yes. Uh, let's see what they actually said. Why? God damn it, I'm tired of having to be the guy to change the water in the water cooler. We should be having the Arrowhead guy come in and change the fucking gallon bottle. I think because of the type of job it is, that the pay is not good for it. Because who wouldn't want to play Call of Duty? and get paid to do that. Okay, okay. well, I, I, I make a joke. It's not actually easy to be a good quality assurance because you're not playing it to have a good time. You're playing it to try and break the game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's not, that's that's actually a skilled skilled job, but damn. It looks like 200 workers at Google formed a labor union for US and Canadian offices last year too. So this is looking like it's starting to become a trend. Yeah, uh, there was some pushback. I think Activision tried to state that the, because of the Microsoft um, takeover, they were trying to get the National Labor Review Board to dismiss the petition, citing that um, a recent reorganization and argue that any vote on unionization should be conducted among a much larger group of employees. Kind of hard to, to argue against that. But uh, because Wisconsin is a right to work state, any lawyer can choose not to be a member or choose to join one. Yeah. Uh, The CWA did say that the employees will not have to vote to recertify if Microsoft does succeed in acquiring the company. I I think that's a play. This is a long play by the unions. This is a toehold. The existence of this one union when Microsoft absorbs it gets unions in the door, Mm -hmm. right? Like Microsoft won't be able to kick the... Yeah, okay. That's smart play. Just, just, uh, just my gut. I don't have anything to back that up, but I, I, I would be willing to bet that this is how this is the way to get unions in Microsoft. 
Now, the Activision stock, I think the purchase price was somewhere around like $95 a share. That's not the exact number, but somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, stock's still trading it. I think it closed this week at 76.50 ish. Um, looking at the charts that I have drawn on uh, this past, uh, let's see, back at the end of April, it finally broke below pretty strong support around 78.50. It uh, looks like it's building out a new one around 76 quarter. This is one of those ones where if you believe that deal is going to go through, that's probably worth picking up some long dated call options or something. When when was the deal re- announced? See the massive gap on the 18th of January? <laughs> January, okay. Yeah, yeah. that was it. <laughs> So I don't expect this one to really fall much unless something actually comes out and says that the the deal is not happening. It's in that holding pattern, right? Yeah. If it's really betting on your belief. Yeah. I think it's going through. I think it's going through. I think so too. It just would follow and make sense that Microsoft's mm-hmm. consolidating its power in the industry and this is a big big win for them. Plus this gives them some exclusivity on their titles. You know what? This 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 isn't an article I posted in the Discord. So this is a podcast exclusive. Uh, I was reading on Reddit. <laughs> Blizzard just released the uh, the Diablo Immortals game. Mm-hmm. There's a New Zealand YouTuber that has spent uh, over six and a half thousand dollars on the microtransactions in the game. Oh wow! Trying to get some of the rare items and, and the rarest items. You know how many six and a half thousand dollars I got him? None, zero. Yeah. The somebody cracked the numbers and said it's gonna t- it would take one hundred and ten thousand dollars to get the rarest item. Oh my god! Just from the percentages of the drops. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So. They're facing a lot of blowback. So, I, I don't know. Activism, Activision Blizzard may be damaging their brand as we speak. <laughs> These microtransactions are terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. I mean, it, you get disclaimers and things that pop up for, like, gamblers help if you, like, have a gambling problem when you go to any of these these types of sites. But microtransactions are just as bad, in my opinion. Yeah. You don't even have a chance of winning money. <laughs> You're just giving it away. Yeah, for for the possibility of a perk in the game. Yeah. Anyway, what's uh, what do you got? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The first one uh, was, you know, uh, Geico. Owned by Berkshire Hathaway, right? Mm-hmm. Geico Insurance. Completely owned by Berkshire Hathaway. So we'll be looking at that uh, BRK.A here in a second. But uh, a Missouri woman has been awarded over $5 million in a settlement from Geico because she got HPV in a dude's car and the dude was insured through Geico. That is one hell of a precedent to set. Well, the policy. So it's 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 med- she's claiming it's a medical indis- injury that she got. Right. Because he didn't disclose that he had HPV. And she definitely she was able to prove she got it from him. 
uh-huh. and they fucked in his car. So <laughs> that is crazy. I see both sides, uh, for sure, for sure. Because I'm like, she got a medical industry in his car. <laughs> that happened, and that that is what they're insuring. Wouldn't an insurer make you stick to the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law, Kyle? Oh yeah, no, no. I love this. Actually, this is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they would. They they might have gotten out of it, but they pushed her into arbitration, right? Pushed her into what? Arbitration. Oh, okay. And it was the arbiter that awarded it. So then, when they went to fight it in court and said that they didn't get a chance to defend themselves, the judge said, "You move this to arbitration." Yeah, which is what you do. So people get so they judge when they judge for you. They don't get to take it to court and undo the arbitration. Right. Arbitration stands. You had, that was your opportunity, Geico. Oh, we're sorry. It didn't work out for you this time. Right. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I just had to share that because that's, that's the feel-good story of the year for me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Berkshire Hathaway, I'm looking at their stock and... Oh, you see that head and shoulders, man? Do you see that support level it's sitting at right now? Oh, yeah. No, it's... God, I can't even say that number. 440,000. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take a few hundred. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's 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 at a, it's at its support. But it had a nice gap down. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's all on Geico News. No, this gap down was from the inflation. Everything, yeah. everything tanked today. On the daily, it looks like it's got a pretty big head and shoulders. With the, oh, the, yeah. head, the head up at 550,000, and we just completed it. So it's hit this resistance. I bet it falls through retests and just keeps going down. We might see Berkshire Hathaway as low as 400,000, even. Yeah, that's, 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 I, that's my next support zone I have on there. <laughs> that's what I mean. I would really love it around 350,000. Yeah, that's where you'd buy it. <laughs> that's where I'd buy it. This still has a long way to go back to its pre COVID highs. Yeah. I mean, it's still got like another 25% it could fall, it looks like. Another 100,000 it can drop. Yeah, that's 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 where I want it. Yeah. Give it yeah. give it another yeah. give it another 25% and I'll pick up some some uh get some leaps on it. God, I'll yeah. put a leap on Berkshire Hathaway cost. Depends on how far out the money you go. That'd be pretty far. <laughs> I'll take the 2 billion dollar <laughs> call option on Berkshire Hathaway, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next story was submitted to us by Varen on the Discord. Uh, I didn't even see this, so thanks for sharing this one. But Tesla is seeking investor approval for a three-for-one stock split. Wow. Uh, buried in this article too is asking the company is also asking shareholders to vote to reduce the board of directors' terms from two years to three, or reduce it to two from three. Uh, if that was approved, they uh, stagger those terms over the two years. Mm, okay. Uh, I didn't know Larry Ellison was on the board either. Uh, apparently, he's not going for re-election when his current term ends either. Oh, we're, we're losing Larry? I guess so. Damn. But Tesla, another three-for-one split. I love that the first comment on this, too, is somebody named Dave saying, too little, too late. We are in the worst recession in 40 years. So you think that Tesla thought that announcing a stock split was going to cause their stock price to shoot up again? Right. Too little, too late. You should have done more, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> should have done more to fight this recession should have split sooner yeah right <laughs> i guess i don't know anyway ooh, tesla at a support right now it's 700 actually a little bit below that yeah it's already dipped below the end of may man this thing where's the next uh target there 540 yeah i was just just about to say it's down there like 560 540 560 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's got some room to fall still too. And if it if it doesn't hold there, it's gonna it's gonna hit four sixty pretty fast. It's definitely in a bearish pattern. Um, this thing can move quite a bit though, and I'd look for it to retest some of these other levels above before trying to jump on board. Best case scenario, it's just in a extended bear channel since the end of twenty twenty one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So it would really, it would need to break out of that. Not likely. Yeah. Um, not, not with what's going on right now. I, yeah, I still think like the, the macroeconomic trend to me has me bearish on, on everything for the time being. Yes. Just global events, the totality of what's happening in the world. Like, no, not yet. We'll get back there. It's not there yet. Agreed. Get that hard reset. All right. We got any uh, earnings to talk uh, about? Okay. Uh, no, um, I was not even looking at them this week. Just go straight to crypto. Thanks again, Ray, for that awesome crypto song. Yes. Let's, uh, you, you want me to start her out or you got one? Uh, I've got one. Uh, actually, my wife shared this one with the Discord a couple days ago. Guy thought he was logging into his crypto account and hackers stole $165,000 worth of Ethereum. What? This is a few days before Christmas last year. So what happened was he logged into, he got in front of his computer, he wanted to check his balance. Uh, he typed in the web address for Coinbase, but uh, hackers had put a bug in the URL that sent him to a fake website, when, which that was where he entered his login and password. His, his login and password, right. So the crooks got everything they needed to steal his life savings, and they did. But what's because it's crypto, he was able to go and track down the ledgers because it's all published on the public ledger. So he found where those transactions all went. He contacted both the local and federal law enforcement, but the FBI told him that his loss was not large enough to merit an investigation. 165 grand? Yeah. Yeah, the, the the actual statement that uh, Special Agent Elizabeth Hammond said in the email to NBC News, unfortunately, due to the dollar amount involved in your complaint, management is determined it does not rise to our required threshold level, and the FBI will not be moving forward with an investigation at this time. Oh, my. Wow. And she said, she also continued to say, like with many prolific and involving schemes, we're not going to arrest or prosecute our way out of this. Whether it's individuals or businesses, education is the key. We urge people to visit the IC3.gov to familiarize themselves with the latest trends. Really? And then she also tried to blame. Look. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Damn it. Well. Well, we'll never stop the war on drugs by going after the dealers. We can only go after the people on the streets. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Martin was also trying to go after Coinbase, too, because Coinbase is saying that they're not responsible. Every user is required to secure their own device, laptop, or phone. But, yeah, the this, this is where the lack of regulation really is hurting people, I think. Yeah, like, he did the work. He did the work for them. They didn't even have to like track them down. They just had to put it in the system and go f- move forward. Oh, that's, that's go find whoever this wallet belonged to, and that was it. That was all right. they had to do. Oh, infuriating. So the 
<laughs> I mean, there's been several other big ones. I think they mentioned the 2016 breach of Bitfinex. Hackers stole Bitcoin worth uh, around $4.5 billion. Uh, the Justice Department has recovered $3.6 billion of that. So the the real lesson learned from this is if you are stealing people's crypto, just make sure you're doing less than 160000 Yeah. And and this 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 is actually makes me angry, Kyle. Angry, yes. This reinforces that oh, we're the FBI, but only if you're rich enough. Yeah. What yep. the fuck? We're not we're not here to enforce laws unless you're rich enough. Well, <laughs> right. Fuck you, FBI. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you tweet that. Tweet tweet yeah. that. Start. I'll start a feud with the FBI on this. <laughs> I don't even like crypto. <laughs> uh, apologies to crypto fans. I love crypto. Crypto is the best thing ever. This one is tough because, I mean, this is one of the, that's like, how is he supposed to know that he's not on the actual Coinbase website when they like, they can perfectly mimic some of these things. Like, do we have to inspect our URLs now and make sure that there's not like an extra period in there or something crazy? That's, that's a really clever way to, to, to fish somebody's password, right? I'm going to put the link to this this site that they uh, they recommended we check out the, the the ic3.gov. I'll put that link in the description. If you have crypto wallet with a decent amount of money, you should probably check it out because the FBI is not going to help you. They're not going to help you, clearly, clearly. Yeah. I also, this is one of the reasons I, I do enjoy apps on my phone or the mm. like, like the Thinkorswim app right uh i used to trade it's like i log in using that piece of software so if 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 something goes wrong it is on them right which happens a lot too <laughs> also because it's not crypto it's fdic insured at some some level isn't it yes no yeah. yep well i actually have a crypto story about maybe getting to a spot where we've got regulations for crypto you don't say. You mean my story paired really nicely with yours? I do say, Kyle. It's almost like it was planned. <laughs> there, there's been a bill, a bipartisan bill, put forward mm -hmm. in the Senate by Republican Cynthia Loomis and Democrat Kirsten Gillibrand, what they describe as a, as many call, a landmark crypto bill named the Responsible Financial Innovations Act. They have such great names, don't they? Yeah. Or Orwell would be pleased. <laughs> so here's the, the rundown of the provisions. It's going to seek to classify digital assets into securities and commodities and regulate them accordingly. So that's going to give uh, digital asset companies the ability to determine what their regulatory, regulatory obligations will be. They're actually figuring out where they belong. Yeah, it would, it would, it would for example, it would define Bitcoin and Ether as a commodity. Okay. And it would be re regulated by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. All right. Yeah, yeah. It would it would give regulatory obligations and regulators the clarity they need to enforce existing security and commodities trading laws. So, so it's not like they would create new laws just for crypto. It's like, okay, no, crypto is now a commodity. They have existing ones. Right. The existing framework goes into play. And uh, it, it would seek to lighten the tax burden for crypto holders and miners. Mm -hmm. uh, small purchases of up to $200 would no longer have to be reported to the IRS, and that would make transacting cri crypto easier. It also declassifies miners as brokers seeking to exempt their holdings from taxation until redeemed for cash. Mm. That's very, that, I would assume a lot of miners want that. I don't know if they do, because then that means they'd have to pay taxes on whatever they're, they've mined, because now it's considered earned. But they don't get taxed on it until they, they sell it for cash. It declassifies miners as brokers seeking to exempt their holdings taxation. Okay, I'm 
maybe I'm not reading that blurb right. So, so now if all the if say I've been mining crypto all, all these past three years, but I keep it in Bitcoin, then I still haven't paid anything in tax. And then it's like, oh, I well here I'll get this small, I'll sell this small amount of Bitcoin, and then I pay taxes on that. Uh, I was reading that as it's already how it works, and they're declassifying them from that. I'm not sure. So that could be either really good or really bad. <laughs> But I don't mind, so I don't know how it actually works. The uh, the last bullet point was uh, uh, on the anti-crypto side. Loomis and Gillibrand want to eradicate algorithmic stable coins that aren't back- backed by trade fi assets such as gold or fiat currency. Mm-hmm. Probably like the Terra Luna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, would, it would establish 100% reserve asset type and detailed disclosure requirements for all payment stable coin issuers. I would guarantee uh, uh, the, that a payment stable coin holder can always redeem the stable coin in the exchange for the equivalent dollar value. Oh, the way a stable coin should work. The way the way they, they bill it as working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I hope this passes. This sounds like it's on the level. This has a long ways to go, though. This still has to go through the Senate hearings before it can be brought up to be voted on. So this has this is going to take a while. Kyle, the United States government system is known for its expedient nature of important pressing issues. I have no doubt that this will be passed by 2030. By 2030, and then the next president will repeal it. <laughs> and then it'll immediately get repealed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this looks like good news for me from what the way I can see it. Yeah, as we followed crypto, we have seen the big, the big obstacle is defining it. Right. And, and they stepped up, and it looks like they did a good job because... Crypto to me makes a lot of sense as a commodity. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Just like gold, it's got a value. Right. It's got a dollar value. And people trade it like a currency. You know, it could be minted into coins. It could be minted into coins. Or it could be plated on your gun that I'm reaching for right now slowly. Oh, my mom had gold teeth. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's not fair, though, because you don't have one you can click. I know, right? <laughs> All right, Dan. I'll go first. Uh, for my good this week, I want to do something a little different, and I want to actually take it from the Discord for somebody else's good. Oh, taking credit for somebody else's personal growth. No, I'm not taking I'm credit. Kidding, I'm kidding. I just <laughs> <laughs> Jake C posted today. This is Friday morning. That he told himself that the first twenty point plus trade he got, he would take a shot of Don Julio out of the shot glass that we sent him for joining. And today was that day. Oh yeah! So congratulations, Jake. That is amazing. Really happy for you. Great job, great job, Jake. I'm, I'm going to take a shot later tonight. Maybe not Don Julio, but uh, some whiskey. Yeah. In, in your honor, that's happening. Well, I was just thinking too. This is the first time we've ever condoned drinking at eight thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that that happened. Yep. <laughs> and I'll I'll condone it again. Yes. <laughs> Always drink at your trading desk. And I will say, if anybody else wants to share their good, bads, or uglies, uh, if you send us a good one, we'll be more than happy to slap them up because I'm sure people are getting sick of hearing ours. <laughs> I would like to to know the the trade setup he used. Uh, I think he posted it. Oh, okay. Well, you have to go back and find it. Head out on the Discord if you want to see uh, how he made those 20 points. Uh, no, he did not share it. Oh. He just showed the shot glass with the date oh. and the points. Fair enough. <laughs> awesome. All right. What was your good? 
my good was continuing my my process of working on my trading plan that's actionable and uh you know set up like a trading plan that i can scientifically take notes and record data and improve i was we were talking about that earlier this week and i was getting actually really excited for you god where is it it's in in my notebook that notebook i clean my room so it's like in a drawer now i like looking around i'm like i don't (laughs) see it Uh, I actually have a five point process and I have to flush out each of those points mm-hmm. is, is, is like many, many steps. So it's gone from like, just like a quick thing I could have on a note card to like, no, this is specifically all of the steps. It's, it's all there. And, and it's, it's using the things that like all the pieces that work for me mm-hmm. on all the things we, we, we learned about it's, it's no one else's plan. It's like literally my version of the strategies put together now you get to collect start collecting data and tweaking it exactly exactly in fact uh uh, that leads to my bad if if you don't mind me jumping order no go ahead uh this this morning i rebooted my computer and i lost the like (laughs) three four hours of charting work i had done from the night before that morning oh man oh that sucks I I thought I I thought TradingView like auto saves. I think it does if you close it. I think if you manually close it, but if you if you just say like if you just reboot re- reboot your computer yeah. with a reset button because you're angry. Yeah, that might. Um, yeah, so it's on me. It's on me. And and because I didn't have that charts those chart setups, I can't collect the data. Right. So I was like, fuck it. It's like, oh, my, my whole morning, it's just done. It's just done right now and I mark it open. Oh, I see why that was, yeah. I see why that was so annoying. So I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Walk away. I got all weekend <laughs> to rebuild the charts. It's a good job walking away, by the way. But if there's a bright side, you get to practice drawing those lines again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I should go faster this time. <laughs> Luckily, it was it was just just like the spy, the QQQ, and the IWM. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, the futures. The futures did save, right? Luckily, so it's not all my work, but it is it is a good. It's uh, enough that it's annoying. It, that yeah, it ruins it's, and it's certainly the entire day. That it yeah, it would have taken up my whole trading morning just to just right. to get just to, yeah, and it would yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I walked away. What, what was your bet? Uh, I kept trading on a day after I had called it quits for the day. Oh. So I went back to live this week. Uh, started Tuesday. Tuesday, I think I finished. It would have been break even, like almost exactly break even. Except um, I think I was sitting across from the computer. I wasn't even sitting at the computer, but I saw the charts pulled up. And then my setup happened again. And I saw the dominator fire. So I jumped up off the bed and clicked the market entry button. And then proceeded to take a stop, and then they got stopped out on the next one. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it's not. I don't know if it's bad necessarily because I didn't do a trade that wasn't out of plan. It just I had already checked out for the day, so I don't know if like the data I gathered from that was necessarily all that great because I wasn't really observing it. I wasn't watching the lead up to it. I just jumped up off of the <laughs> a video I was watching from across the room and ran over and clicked the mouse button. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's not the way to execute, I don't think. No, probably probably not the, the trade pro way, right? No. So actually, I did, uh, did do better on Friday. I had one trade in the morning that was a partial win. 
And then I was pretty much done after watching things kind of slow down. So I flipped to sim for the end of the day. And I think that's the way to do it. If I want to continue testing, gathering data, just do it in sim. If you're already done, don't let it fuck with your mind. Yeah. What was your ugly? I don't, I don't think I had an ugly this week. I didn't really trade. I did. <laughs> oh, oh God. Okay. All right. Uh, I was trading with Flurry on Wednesday. I think he, I think it was Wednesday. He joined me for the open and uh, discussing uh, the setup that I was practicing. I was actually in a couple trades while he was there, and we were discussing like where he would want his take profit to be. So I actually broke my own trading plan rules and moved my take profit to to a much uh, much further away target, and ended up taking a stop on something when I should have been collecting, you know, fifteen twenty points on that initial take profit so that has gone back in the rules and reinforced the trading plan setup that we don't skip take profits if uh, if i want to start reaching for those stretch ones i need to have more contracts yeah that's definitely something that i i always struggle with in the options is like Mm -hmm. i want to i want that i want to get the biggest fattest gain on just one contract right like i don't want to i don't want to just take profit down here when there's a chance i could really hit this out of the park if i just stay in the trade long enough right i mean there's part of you that wants to be able to have those runners to really you know run them all day but i don't know at the same time like i need a better way of doing it It can't be all or nothing once i already hit once i hit where my take profit two would have been like my stop should have been moving at least if i was going to try to push it rather than all or nothing which is what that bet ended up being So and my plan doesn't have a plan for, you know, trying to push wins and, and manage runners, then I shouldn't be trying to do it on the fly. And that's what makes that ugly. All right. Well, shall we uh, talk about a new bet? I think we should. I need it, want to beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. all right lovable loser chicago cubs of the bet yeah, uh, I'm going <laughs> to short Redbox Entertainment, RDBX. They still exist? I guess I did see one at the grocery store the other day. They do still exist, and they they surged on uh, cra- more than double their average volume. They went <laughs> up 40% today. Any reason? And another 3%. Uh, I, I know in May they, they've had like a buyout offer, uh, but I didn't, I don't see any, any news on uh, trading view. It just says they surged on elevated volume. You sure you want to short something, uh, that the only thing that went up on a day that the markets fell <laughs> across the board. Well, they've got a buyout looming and they surged up higher than the buyout price, Kyle. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They've got, uh, uh, they are in debt. They're getting bought out by Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment Group. Another company I'm not familiar with. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess those Chicken Soup 
books are a publicly traded company i guess or at least an equity company so 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 yeah because it's it doesn't list the the buyout number oh shit they are an actual publicly traded company csse yeah that's what i said stock trades less than redbox does yeah i don't know what's happening i just (laughs) see an opportunity for a quick buck because if there's no there's no good reason for it to be worth more than the buyout because you're you're going to be holding the bag eventually when the buyout happens it plummets okay okay hang on stock prices can be deceiving because of market capitalization is what really matters right the number of shares outstanding times the share price yeah, Redbox is four hundred thirty million dollar market cap. Uh, it shows me as of today, it should be around six hundred million. It went up to six hundred million. Yeah, um, Chicken Soup for the Soul is one hundred eight million market cap. That's <laughs> how does that work? How does a company six times smaller than the company is trying to acquire get that deal done? I have no idea. <laughs> so weird. I have no idea. <laughs> I like but- the short. <laughs> a good bet pick oh shut up barons um i want to say the buyout deal yeah 69 cents per share what that was on may 11th looks like yeah 69 cents a share what the fuck yeah okay yeah, yeah short that thing <laughs> yeah maybe the deal's not gonna go through we'll see uh <laughs> You want any stops this time, or are you just gonna let this one ride? Uh, just, uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, if if it uh, take profit at a dollar, <laughs> right, no. If it if it hits, let's say, you know what? I'm already in last place, so I'll put it the stop at fifteen. I'm going sure, short. Uh, stop at fifteen. Yep. All right. What do you, what's your what's your pick? Uh, no take oh, profit then. Oh, uh, 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 half at um, eleven. And then uh, the rest at uh, 10. Not going to push that all the way back down to 69 cents? No, it's not going to do that in one week. (laughs) No, probably not. All right. (laughs) Uh, I am going back to JP Morgan. I want to short it. I want to short half at the open. And I want to short, I want to add to that at 126 if it bounces. And put my stop at 129 half. Take profits at 107. Okay. I just like the way JP Morgan is now just fell so hard on that inflation data. And with the um, Fed meeting coming up too, I think it uh, crashes back below that 118 support and maybe goes and tries to fill that gap from back in October of 2020 or November. Yeah. And then for our random stock, we have another NASDAQ capital goods this time. American Ooh. outdoor brands. <laughs> Random's going with the gun company. Oh, random. Oh Too no, soon. wait, they split off. They split off the gun company, I think. Too soon. That's uh, right. No, no, they split it off. I think I think. Okay. I think. Wait, I should probably Is this the gun company that got split spun off? Maybe. It used to be Smith and Wesson, I think. American Outdoor Brands Incorporated provides outdoor products and accessories for hunting, fishing, camping, shooting, personal security, and defense products for rugged outdoors. It okay, offers products and accessories for shooting supplies, vests, vaults, and other related accessories, premium sportman. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they... Yeah, formerly Smith & Wesson Holding Corporation. I guess they just renamed... I wasn't sure if they split it off or if they just renamed it. No, they just renamed themselves. Um, all right. Oh. 
Well, Random, you're going to lose some fans this week. <laughs> the technicals say sell. Yeah. But the analysts say buy. How is that so often the case? I know, right? <laughs> well, somebody has to be first. <laughs> right, <laughs> you can right. talk somebody else into doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. I'm going to short red box. Kyle's got his funky JP going back to the JP Morgan. Well, it didn't work for me last time. Hopefully this time it does better. Right. And then, uh, <laughs> random's got American outdoor brands. A O U T. A O U T. A O U T. Uh, come back next week. Uh, find out how we all did. See if random's been canceled. Yes. See if random's been canceled. I, I hope so. <laughs> we'll have to check those Twitter followers. Uh, until until next time, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.